North Korean Christians for more than 60 years have grown their church in the teeth of the worst persecution, arguably, in, in human history. Welcome to Now Hear This, a podcast by Faith Comes by Hearing. Through partnership, Faith Comes by Hearing records and freely provides audio Bibles to the more than 50% of the world's population that cannot read or has no written language. Welcome to the show. Today is a special episode of Now Hear This. It is the first part of our two-part interview with Pastor Eric Foley. As you listen to this episode, consider our brothers and sisters in North Korea and the challenges that they face every day as they still proclaim God's word to the people around them. Today, it's my honor and privilege to have Pastor Eric Foley, who's the CEO and co-founder of Voice of the Martyrs Korea. Pastor Foley, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Pastor Foley, we're going to be talking about uh, quite an interesting topic today. Uh, but first, can we start by, by asking you, what exactly is Voice of the Martyrs Korea and how did it get started? So Voice of the Martyrs Korea is one of about uh, 13 or 14 Voice of the Martyrs organizations around the world. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs, people may be familiar with Voice of the Martyrs in the U.S., but each Voice of the Martyrs organization is independent. We all trace our heritage back to the same founder, Pastor Richard Wurmbrandt, who was imprisoned in Romania under the communists for his faithful witness of sharing the gospel. He was in prison for 14 years, including three years in solitary confinement. And when he was ransomed from Romania to the West in the early 1960s, he began to share about uh, the situation that Christians were facing in countries where it was not legal to practice their faith. So uh, Pastor Wormbrand passed away in the early 2000s, but uh, persecution continues actually even more severe than it did during his lifetime. So now Christians in more than 70 countries around the world face these kinds of restrictions. And chief among them, the by, by universal acclaim, the most persecuting nation in the world is North Korea. So you're doing work in North Korea, is that correct? That's right. Uh, my wife and I co-founded Voice in the Martyrs Korea 18 years ago, and the primary focus of our organization is on ministry in partnership with underground North Korean Christians. So we're not missionaries uh, trying to reach North Koreas from North Koreans from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, our work is to support indigenous Christians who are facing total persecution, meaning in North Korea, we don't really talk about persecution, we talk about execution. If anyone is discovered to be a Christian or associated with Christians or missionaries or even possessing a Bible, they would certainly be executed or, uh, or face a very uh, slow death in a North Korean concentration camp. That's incredible. So what got you and your wife started in this ministry to begin with? Well, the answer is a dream, uh, which is an unusual answer for me. I know some some Christians have dreams and visions uh, every day. Uh, This was the one in my life that uh, really was more real than being awake. Uh, just a little over 18 years ago, I had been a pastor. I've been a pastor now for more than 30 years. Well, at that time, I'd been a pastor for more than 10 years, and my work was doing large events for Christian organizations. And I'd consulted with about 1,300 different ministries in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, my wife was very established in her career in fashion design, wholesale manufacturing, and merchandising. We were raising four children. We were living in California.
California, and uh, we were not looking for any kind of a change in station. But uh, one night when I was sleeping, the Lord sent me a dream. And in that dream, he showed me that we would leave everything that we had in order to serve underground North Korean Christians. My wife is originally from South Korea, but she'd been in the U.S. for, at that time, uh, more than 20 years. Neither of us had any special knowledge or interest in North Korea, so um, I think the only reason the Lord called us was uh, because this way he would be sure to get all the glory, because we we sure didn't have anything uh, that would suggest that we were especially well-suited for the work. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my background has been working in in large event settings for Christians, but in North Korea, Christians are not permitted to gather together in any way, shape, or form. And so I really found myself very quickly wholly relying on the Lord for his direction and how we would engage this work. So how exactly are you engaging this work? What are you doing to to help the, the North Korean church, to reach North Koreans with God's word? What, what kind of, of activities, programs, Uh, are you engaging in? Well, I have to tell you a kind of a funny story. Um, What ended up being a very uh, important choice that we made, um, simply on the basis of our ignorance, uh, which God often uses, doesn't he, to Mm -hmm. direct us in in his path. Um, We didn't know anything about North Korea, and so what seemed to us to be obvious is that we should talk to some North Korean people. Uh, But what we didn't realize was at that time, all of the missionary work or Christian activity that was being done to try to reach North Koreans was being done by South Koreans or international aid organizations. And why that's significant is it turns out that North Korean Christians have a very different understanding of the situation in North Korea. And that's the funny story I want to tell you. My wife and I made arrangements to meet with our first underground North Korean Christian, which is a hard thing to do, you know, but uh, I have to leave out the details of how that happened other than to say that as we were sitting across the table from our uh, our brother, just like I'm sitting across from you, I said to him, how can we pray for you? And he looked at me uh, and uh, his expression was puzzled. He said, you pray for us, we pray for you. And I thought, there must be some kind of misunderstanding in what I was asking because I wanted to say to the brother, why would you pray for us? We're from America, the land of the free, the home of the brave. I mean, what do you need? Do you need Bibles? We can get you Bibles. Do you, do you need medicine? We can do medicine. Do you, do you need to escape? Uh, do you need money? Uh, do you need medical care? We can do all of those things. And uh, he must have read my mind because he said, yeah, that's the problem with you American Christians and you South Korean Christians. He said, you have so much so much money and so much freedom. And he said, because you have so much, you often end up putting your faith in your money and your freedom. But we North Korean Christians, he said, have neither money nor freedom. We have only Christ, and we have found that he is sufficient. Hmm. And uh, it was, um, you know, you get a few moments in your life that really change your life completely. That was one of those moments, because I realized up until that moment, you know, we had, we had, received this dream from the Lord. We were acting on it, trying to be faithful to what God had called us to do. And I assumed that he had sent us because the North Korean church needed help. But what I realized in a hurry was the people who were receiving the most help were my wife and me, because what North Korean Christians can teach us is how to be faithful in the most difficult circumstances. So interestingly, what we've learned over these last 18 years of partnering with North Korean Christians is, first of all, um, the resource that they have is unlimited 
because of the fact that they have Christ and they found that he is sufficient. The stories that they can share with us of their reliance on Christ, they're more than inspiring. They are a challenge to us to change the way that we think about our faith. I'd like to say we don't so much help North Korean Christians as we learn from them, and uh, we think of ourselves as the junior partner in the process. Um, Certainly there's things that we can contribute, and as Americans we are in a good position to be able to offer our financial resources, and, and our freedom does allow us to move around. But we should never think that that means that North Korean Christians are in a position where they're helpless because they're not. In fact, if I were to ask you, where is the church growing faster, North Korea or America? You might be surprised to know the answer is North Korea. If I were to say, where's the church growing faster, North Korea or South Korea? The answer is North Korea. And so North Korean Christians for more than 60 years have grown their church in the the teeth of the worst persecution, arguably in, in human history. And so that's an important thing for us to keep in mind. And as a ministry, what we do, North Korean Christians say to us, give us the tools and we'll complete the work. And that's what brought us to Faith Comes By Hearing, was that North Korean Christians were requesting specific tools that they believed would be helpful in doing the work that God had charged them to do of sharing the gospel in their country. And so what, what kind of tools are you providing for them? Well, there certainly is no greater tool than the Bible, and uh, in, in North Korea, there's no problem with literacy. North Koreans actually possess a high level of education. Uh, the interesting thing about that education is that even at a PhD level, if you are going to be, for example, a nuclear weapons scientist, as, as of course now we know that they have several, um, a third of your study would be based upon studying the life of Kim Il-sung, the founder of North Korea. So North Koreans, one of the reasons they are focused on literacy and education is so they can continue uh, the the worship of Kim Il-sung, who was the founder and leader of their country, mm-hmm. who now um, the, the rule of North Korea passed through Kim Il-sung to his son, Kim Jong-il, and now to his grandson, Kim Jong-un. But um, so, so North Koreans don't struggle with literacy, but what is most helpful for them is the Bible in audio form for a few different reasons. Number one is that it is not possible for North Koreans to possess a Bible. Uh, To possess a Bible would be considered a crime against the state. Mm -hmm. Not only would it be immediately punishable either through execution or being placed in one of North Korea's network of concentration camps, but everyone in your family for three generations would carry that stigma and would be excluded from any uh, hope of uh, advancement in society or even uh, the ability to do basic things like get into school or get a decent job. But not only that, anyone who was a neighbor of yours, who was within two homes of your own, if you were discovered to possess a Bible and the neighbors didn't, didn't report it, they would be considered suspicious as well. So a printed Bible is actually a, a very dangerous thing to have in North Korea. Audio, on the other hand, gives us a level of flexibility that really is important for that situation. So we use audio in a couple of different ways. One is is that we use it with our nightly radio broadcast, which we do on shortwave radio, AM radio, and on a 24-hour satellite channel. We also use it... um, on SD cards, MP3 players, USB devices that we launch by balloon into North Korea. And uh, we do a combination of print Bibles and these kind of uh, audio devices. And we do about more than, a little bit more than 30,000 of those per year. Wow. But of course, the main means of distribution is 
person to person. Mm-hmm. North Koreans risk their lives to be able to evangelize by sharing the gospel on SD cards that they can pass uh, through their cell phones. A lot of North Koreans have cell phones. They're not connected to the cell phone global cell phone network, but mm-hmm. they're connected to a, almost what you think of as a in-country network. So North Korea isn't the the Christians in North Korea aren't hunkered down waiting for a regime change. Uh, they in fact pray for the heart of their leader Kim Jong Un to be transformed, that he would come to know Christ. Hmm. But in the in the midst of that, they are using the audio Bible in amazing ways to be able to spread the gospel. And to, when I first came to Faith Comes by Hearing, to talk with Faith Comes by Hearing, this is back in about 2006, 2000, yeah, 2006. Uh, we talked about doing the recording. Faith Comes by Hearing, uh, the representative said to me, let me get this straight. If we provide you these tools, North Korean Christians are going to die using them. And I said, that's correct. They will. In our ministry, in 18 years, we've had 36 martyrs, 36 wow. of our Voice of the Martyrs Korea team members who have laid down their lives for Christ. I said, but North Korean Christians are being martyred regardless of whether they have these tools or not. They'll use any tool. In fact, um, I could tell you stories about North Korean Christians in prison writing out the Bible on toilet paper, or North Korean Christians memorizing huge segments of the Bible and transmitting it orally. And so I said to Faith Comes by Hearing, if North Korean Christians are going to risk their life and even lay their lives down, don't they deserve the best tools that we can partner with them to provide? Faith Comes by Hearing said, absolutely. And so they've been our steadfast partner since that time. That's a sobering thought, but also a deeply joyous one. Our brothers and sisters in North Korea are so focused on advancing the kingdom that their lives and risking their lives is a, is a daily a daily thing. It's true. You know, when they hear on the audio Bible that whoever would follow me must take up their cross, um, that's, that's not a metaphor for them. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a literal call to knowing to them. You know, the North Korean Christians, from the time they become Christian, they're trained by fellow North Korean Christians to prepare for witness in a concentration camp. Because they know that in all likelihood, their life will end either through execution or through uh, this kind of slow death in a concentration camp. And uh, one of the things that I learned, it was a, uh, you mentioned the word sobering, but uh, there was a sister in a concentration camp and well-meaning Christians from uh, many countries around the world um, raised some funds together. Uh, they they wanted to to pay a bribe to be able to get her out of this concentration camp, and they did. And uh, they couldn't get her out of the country, but they moved her to uh, basically what you think of as a house arrest situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, one of the the uh, people who had been part of this rescue operation told her, hey, you know, Christians around the world have gathered money together to, to get you out of this concentration camp. But this North Korean sister, she didn't say, oh, thank you very much. I'm so glad to be out. She said, don't they know that Romans 8.28 works just as well inside a concentration camp as outside? Wow. And of course, you know, Romans 8.28, all things work together for good. Mm-hmm. And what she was saying is, is that some of the most important evangelism happens in the places like North Korean concentration camps where murderers, thieves, um, people who have been considered anti-government uh, spies are now living out their final days. And so in that situation, Christians have a special 
opportunity and responsibility to witness. And, and she was saying, we need to trust and believe that God works just as well in those places as he does right here around this table. This concludes the first part of our two-part interview with Pastor Eric Foley. If this has touched you in any way, we ask that you share it on social media, tell your friends about it, and join us again in a week for the conclusion of this interview. Please keep the North Korean church in prayer. Our brothers and sisters who are serving diligently to advance the gospel under some of the worst persecution in Christian history. On Now Hear This, we always highlight a language that has been recorded to promote appreciation for the huge variety of languages throughout the world. We want to connect you with the work being done among these people groups to reach them with the Word of God. Today's section of scripture is Hebrews 13.3, which reads in English, Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Here it is spoken in the North Korean language. 감옥에 갇혀 있는 사람들이 있으면 여러분도 함께 갇혀 있는 심정으로 그들을 기억하시오. 학대받는 사람들이 있으면 여러분도 같은 학대를 받는 심정으로 그들을 기억하시오. North Korean is spoken by over 23 million people. The North Korean church thrives despite being one of the most persecuted groups of Christians in history. Pray that other Christians around the world might be inspired by their faith. We pray that this podcast has encouraged you. If you have questions about today's show or how you can get involved with sharing God's word in a format and language that oral people can use, email us at podcast at faithcomesbyhearing.com or call us at 505-881-3321. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 